I have to say that so far, I've really been enjoying editing the podcast. Oh, good. Because I find that much like an elderly male politician, I love the sound of my own voice. That's fantastic. I'm so pleased for you. Yeah. I was really afraid that I wouldn't like it. <laughs> I haven't reached that level of um, self-assuredness. Yet. Oh, I hate what I say. I'm a complete idiot. But it sounds the amazing. Sound, the sound of it. Welcome to the Act Break Podcast, where we're talking about all things story. From books to movies, shows, and probably other stuff too, we're chatting it out and trying to remember what it's like to actually have conversations with other human beings. Take a break from your creative endeavors and hang out with us. Have a little simulated human interaction because internet friends totally count. How are you this morning? Are you feeling rejuvenated and alive? Vaguely, I feel like I'm waking up as things go along, but I had a discussion with my kids on the way to school about the Arctic and the Antarctic, and apparently I switched the two. Um, the mechanic had to correct me that I said it opposite. And then I messed up a knock-knock joke. So, and then I laughed so hard I cried. Clearly, I'm I'm firing on you're, all c cylinders today. Sounds like you're on a roller coaster of emotion. I'm doing um, real good. I have no idea what the difference between the Arctic and the Antarctic is. So you're already, the fact that you know enough to have gotten them confused, I feel like you're still ahead of the game. Perfect. This is not an educational documentary. So I will not go in depth. And I'll probably get it wrong also anyways so because i swore i said it right the first time but we're, we're not science people not we have science. some science people that we're hoping to get on the show eventually that will be so great but, they can educate us it. how are you this morning oh my god it's too early to even know i've become like one of those people who just i can work on my own stuff early but to interact with another person <laughs> I'm doing fine. Today, we're going to do something we've never done before, and that's actually cover a topic that we said that our podcast was going to be about, Woo. and that's something about stories. Um, so I'm a little nervous because I'm like, this is this, is, this is like higher pressure. This is what we said we were going to do. Whew. This is what people came for. I don't know. <laughs> I hope not too much. I hope they also came for the awkward banter, because if not, <laughs> that's a real disappointment for them, I'm sure. Today, we're going to be talking about the MacGuffin, something that a lot of people maybe have never heard of, or they've heard of and did not know what, what that was about. Yeah, true story. I was one of those yeah. people. I mean, like I thought I knew, but the more I researched, the more confused I got. And and then I finally figured out what it was. And now I'm convinced that everybody else is confused. Preparing for this had me going through like two emotions. One was feeling way underprepared and like I didn't have enough to say. And the other was feeling like I was too overprepared and I was oversaturated with information. Yes. Yes. So I eventually I just was like, I'm I'm done. I'm done researching. I had to I'm just stop gonna too. hope that I fall into this sweet spot. <laughs> Me too. Oh, here's so. hoping. Hey Carly, do you wanna you wanna tell us what Wiki says a uh, MacGuffin is? We gotta love the Wiki definition. Okay. So the definition according to Wiki 
which is the end all be all. Which is the end all be all of definitions of knowledge in the known universe uh, is Wikipedia. And if anybody tells you otherwise, they don't know what they're talking about. Okay, here we go. In fiction, a MacGuffin is an object, device, or event that is necessary to the plot and the motivation of the characters, but insignificant, unimportant, or irrelevant in itself. Thank you, Wiki. Thank you, Wiki. Now, do we need to elaborate on that a little bit? Or are you going to just like launch right into some, some knowledge of the history of the MacGuffin? And that will kind of help sort I, out more of what like this is. All of it is going to help sort yeah. out what a MacGuffin is. Perfect. Because when I say the history, I mean the short blurb yeah. yes. I happened to read and then I figured I would regurgitate to you is that the term was originated by Angus McPhail for film, adopted and more popularized by Alfred Hitchcock. Angus wrote a number of screenplays for Hitchcock. And then the other reference was, commonly the MacGuffin is revealed in the first act and declines in importance. It can reappear in the climax, but may actually be forgotten by the end of the story completely. The definitions that we've read so far, I feel are accurate. Accurate. They're very accurate. 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 <clears throat> I would agree with that assessment based on our intensely intelligent uh, interpretations. Babble in between. I'm just going to have, I, I'm going to have a big, long pull of coffee. Hold on a second. <laughs> I can feel the blood flowing in my brain. <laughs> Gulp it down. Yeah. I figure the first part, we got to explain the difference between the Hitchcock MacGuffin and the George Lucas MacGuffin. Yes. Which is the MacGuffin and the modern MacGuffin. Mm -hmm. And again, I am using air quotes. Yeah. I love air quotes. Because the interpretation of the MacGuffin has evolved over time, as really most things do. Like the previous definitions you graced us with, the Hitchcock MacGuffin is almost as vague and meaningless as possible. Excellent. The George Lucas or the modern MacGuffin, he has stated it's when the MacGuffin is so powerful that the audience almost cares about it as much as the characters do. And so we hit the snag of how a MacGuffin has changed throughout time and what people believe a MacGuffin is. Yeah, it gets a little intense there because based on the internet research that we've done of articles of people's opinions about this topic, because there are the two different kind of camps of thought on it, it makes for a lot of people being confused about MacGuffins, I think, what they are and what they are not. And because sometimes in the same article, I would see people being like, these are MacGuffins and they're the Hitchcock MacGuffin. And then these are also MacGuffins and they're the Lucas MacGuffin. So some people believe in both, I guess. So yeah. those middle of the line people. That's an option. Uh, I will say that I'm pretty strictly planted my flag in the Hitchcock MacGuffin camp. I would say based on what I've read I lean harder to that side as well 
but I might jump into the other camp when it suits me. (laughs) Well, that's, that's, I was thinking to myself, well, it'll make for a better conversation if Carly happens to end up on the other side because we didn't, you know, we didn't plan anything. I just was kind of like, ooh, it'll be more of like a back and forth, but it'll really suck for her to be wrong. <laughs> I don't like I'm being kidding. wrong. So I'm only half kidding. Um, partially. But partially I'm, I also play devil's advocate really well. So yeah. And my biggest gripe with the Lucas MacGuffin is that it is too broad. And then by that definition, everything can become a MacGuffin. And so I had written down that uh, every MacGuffin is a plot device, but not every plot device is a MacGuffin. Boom. And if you are super, super confused right now by what we're talking about, I apologize. We'll start talking about some references and explain why they're MacGuffins to really dissect what it is. Really suss this out. Um. I don't think there'll be any spoilers in this, but if there are any spoilers, they're at least seven to ten plus years old. Yeah. So that's your own fault. <laughs> so let's talk about what the literal examples of what some MacGuffins are. For me, as soon as I think of a MacGuffin, I think of a few. Probably number one is the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. The Holy Grail in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Rosebud from Citizen Kane. Um, there are more, but let's just start with those. Because these are why I know that I'm a Hitchcock. is Because any one of those items can be replaced with a completely different item. And it would make no difference to the plot. Absolutely. And another thing is that I don't, I don't agree with Lucas is because I don't feel like a MacGuffin should have any power or significance in it of itself. I would agree with that because I think then what winds up happening, for example, George Lucas, obviously his camp of thought is that R2-D2 is a MacGuffin. I would disagree with that. I would say that the Death Star plans are the MacGuffin because R2-D2 is a character. He has agency in his own right. There are so many different times in the story that he takes action that the main characters would die if he didn't help them. So I don't believe that a character is a MacGuffin. I feel like a character can be a MacGuffin and I'll give you an example. Oh, okay. But I don't think R2-D2 is because like exactly like you said, because if you just lifted R2-D2 out of that story, it wouldn't work because he saves their lives multiple times. Oh, I get I I try. I get what you're saying about a character could be because if you could pull them out without the plot being affected. Or pull them out or replace them. Okay. Kind of because I mean, I guess technically you replace them with a different robot, but he he has like you said, agency in the story. Mm-hmm. He does things that affect the char- your main characters. Yeah. An example of a character who is a MacGuffin would be Private Ryan from Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yes. I do agree with that. I don't feel like you often see characters that are MacGuffins, but they can be. They can be. Yeah. I, I would agree with that now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You've convinced and, me. 
And I guess the Death Star plans could be replaced with anything that they were searching for. But I'm like, but those are still something they really actually needed. Right. Yeah. I mean, it could be something else, but the chances of it being something else and it working. I feel like, yeah, that's the closest Lucas has come to MacGuffin. Actual MacGuffin. Yeah. And even then it's highly suspect. And also, I always say in Monty Python, the Holy Grail is a MacGuffin, but it's also not a great example of a MacGuffin because Monty Python does not have a full story arc. It ends quite abruptly in a very Monty Python way. So, which is its I, own thing. I'm like, this is this is a MacGuffin, but don't look at this as a way to use a MacGuffin in a story arc. <laughs> But you pointed out a very good thing. Conversely, the Holy Grail in Indiana Jones is not a MacGuffin. I agree. Because it has power. Yeah. I, as the research went on, I just saw more and more examples, like you said, or, and I would just be like, I agree with that. I don't agree with that. I agree with that one. Another fantastic movie, which I feel like we will probably talk about eventually when I force Carly to sit down and watch it, and that's Army of Darkness. I saw a lot of people say, I'm pretty sure. If I have, it's been long enough that I should watch it again. We'll just say, if I don't remember that I've watched it, I probably need to fix it. In it, uh, people were saying that the Necronomicon was a MacGuffin because pretty much... Are you going to spoil it for me before I even watch it? (laughs) No, I'm not. Okay. Don't worry. That's not a spoiler. Um, I feel like if you take the wide view, the Lucas view of what this is, then everything starts to fall in the category and anything that's a plot device or anything somebody's looking for all of a sudden becomes a MacGuffin. Yes. And I think that that's what leads to bad MacGuffins. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily that everybody who agrees with George Lucas makes a bad MacGuffin. It's just that that train of thought tends to lead you astray and things get wibbly wobbly. <laughs> They get a little wonky. They get a little wonky. And then suddenly you have a bad MacGuffin because it and it doesn't work right. You got it. Yeah. I think if you want to make a MacGuffin and you agree with the George Lucas camp, I think maybe start off being a little bit more strict with yourself. And then you can start taking some liberties. I feel like maybe if uh it would be a good exercise to try and write something with a MacGuffin. Uh it's a short story. Because I've never written a MacGuffin, even though if you take the wide view, I have. But to write something that is so important that it launches your characters into their story and then have it slowly taper off and become irrelevant, I feel like is an art. You have to execute it quite well and you have to be raising the stakes around them. So do you have some more movie uh, MacGuffin examples to use or should we, I mean, we could touch over into some literary stuff, which will also cross over into some movies because I have Uh, a handful of like bookish ones that we could discuss. 
I, I want your take on this. Okay. Because I saw something that I kind of agree with, but I'm like, well, this is a, an interpretation. And that's the Iron Throne in Game of Thrones as a MacGuffin. Because while it is technically an object, it's always more in reference to the title that it represents. So what, and you've actually read the Game of Thrones books, and I have not. I've only watched the show. So I wanted to know what you thought about the Iron Throne as a MacGuffin. It's been a little bit since I've read the books. Uh, at least five years since I finished the most recent one out. But I, at the moment, I feel like I could agree with you because you're right. It is more about the power that they get from sitting on it because, but the, but the, the throne itself doesn't give the power. It's everybody around them. That's the interpretation of what yeah, is and power? I'm not even sure what I think of it because I'm like, well, it's it's just to represent something else. So it doesn't feel like a strict MacGuffin to me because it's it's tough. It's a placeholder. Yeah, it's tough. It could be considered a MacGuffin, but also I think if you get really bogged down with trying to figure out exactly if it is or is not a MacGuffin, I think it's just distracting. So, I mean, if you really want to go there, go for it. But um, the story's about so so many other things than that. Yeah. I get so strict about things and that's why I I obviously end up in Hitchcock's because I'm like, well, there's a set of rules and you have to meet these rules and I know you can bend them. And But I'm like, I'm like, that's why that one really um, stuck out to me because I don't, feel like it's a MacGuffin but I also technically it is mixed, mixed it's feelings. because it represents something completely different mixed feelings yeah yeah you had some more literary yeah so I've only read the first book in this series but as far as I remember from the first book this this holds true in my opinion now I do believe it evolves over time as the series goes. So can't speak to the rest of that. And maybe people can DM me and tell me how wrong I am. Uh, but the dark tower in the dark tower series, um, at least in the first book, I do believe that it is conceivably a MacGuffin, but. Hmm. I've read that too. And I remember so little about it. I have you nothing can't. of Fair enough. value to add. Fair enough. We'll let we'll let people message but I know me they don't and weigh like in. Get there. Oh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> not in the first. Not, but well, it's listen, a very it's a long series. series. Exactly. So I think maybe because it isn't for the whole series that, or maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe people would disagree with me, but that's fine. Um, Did you see the movie? Did you see the movie of that? I didn't. People had such mixed feelings about it. And I really kind of wanted to read the whole series because from what I understand, they kind of like pulled from more than just the first book. And you know how Hollywood on it. Yeah. And you know how I feel about spoilers. So yeah, even if it takes me five years to read the series, I will not watch the movie. (laughs) I'm going to guess it's going to take you more than five years because I'm bet you read the dark tower two or three years ago don't judge me <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's calling you out uh, you only have two years left i think you have 13 <laughs> books to read or something 
I have no idea how many uh, books are I don't in that think series. it's that many, but it's not two. Listen, it's not like I have an epic amount. I think there's like 60 books on the floor behind me that are my TBR. <laughs> no big deal. It's fine. I I literally have mine sitting over my shoulders right now. <laughs> this side and this side. I have two giant Just shelves hold. packed. So I am I'm no one to judge. The weight of the books on your shoulders. And I'm supposed to be doing a no-buy this year. I've bought like five or six books. I've bought so and many books March. this year. Yeah. Crushing it. Yep, I hear that. All right. Getting back to MacGuffins. I want to hear your take on this because somebody said in one of the articles that I read that, that in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, they believe the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything is a MacGuffin. And I'm curious what your take is on that because you, you've read those books more than me. Um, my take on The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and 20 not 20 I can't even get that right 42 as a MacGuffin much like the Holy Grail and Monty Python I feel like it's hard to apply a literary device to a story with so little plot with so little plot it follows so few literary rules that it's difficult to judge it but if you had to like pick do you lean closer to it being a MacGuffin or not well I feel like it's tech okay technically because we know how my robot brain works technically I would say yes it is a MacGuffin but Nothing in the books makes me feel like that's why we're out here. Yeah. That's why we're traveling. That's why we're looking is to find this answer. And then you get the answer and it's lame. Um, but <laughs> I felt like Not that is such mice. a small part of what the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy covers that it doesn't even like pop up on my radar yeah. because that's not why Arthur left. Right. The planet. Oh, yeah. Because and... so technically speaking, if you're talking about the MacGuffin from the, the standpoint of, you know, it's what sets it like the necessary yeah. plot and motivation of the characters. I mean, yeah. if you're telling the story from the mice's point of view, like definitely it's a... that is a really good point. Yes. If, then, if yes. the mice were our main character in that then yes, that would be what it is. Because but you could, for Arthur, you could not. replace the answer with anything because yes. it means nothing and it has no value. So from the mice's perspective, yes, it's a MacGuffin. From Arthur and um, Ford's perspective, that is not anything to do with their plot. Right. If you can even say that they have a plot. Right. More which is character arcs than plot. Which is why I think the Iron Throne, for some people... It is for some people it's not. And there's so many main characters in that story mm. that that's why I don't think it like it is and it isn't. So, yeah. Oh, there's so many characters in that that I can't think of her name, but she also played Sarah Connor in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. She's Joffrey's mom. Um, oh, Cersei. I mean, Cersei. The, the, the yeah, I, I was like, like I said, there's too many characters. Yeah. I feel like she is one of the characters that really pursued that yeah. from from my interpretation of the TV show 
not the not the books. Um, like she was really after that. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. I'm glad we had that conversation, especially about the Hitchhiker's Guide. That was fun. Um, uh, I'm really enjoying this conversation. It's yeah, been great. Um, hopefully, I'm not going to throw off your OODA loop here. You had mentioned something about in literary oh yeah we need to talk about this that people relate to Mm -hmm. MacGuffins and you said it and I thought some things but I didn't say them because I was waiting till now that's right uh I'm really excited about this because I wanted to hear your thoughts so a lot of people equate the concept of the golden fleece from Jason and the Argonauts with the MacGuffin they they claim it's it's the same thing or similar and initially I agree, but then I started thinking about it a bit more and I'm, I'm having mixed feelings and I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. Okay. So I've never read Jason and the Argonauts, so I'm not a hundred percent sure how that device is used in that story. So is it, did you, from your research, did you see, is it something that has an, its own inherent power? It had been a while since I've read it, but supposedly it does have its own power in the sense that it's the it's the motivating factor for what gets them out and on their adventure it follow but then they get into other stuff and that's more of what the story is about in that sense i think it's a macguffin but the golden fleece is supposed to have magical power so in that sense i'm like hmm Yeah, that's, I think that's what I was thinking, because to me, like the the golden fleece, the other times I've seen it referenced, um, I feel like it's not a MacGuffin because it has its own inherent power. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of that, like, well, like the, um, the Ark of the Covenant in Yes, Indiana Indiana Jones, Jones. Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. Even though like it's something that has its own power, even if nobody ever touched it, it still has power. Yes. So I feel like those. Somebody did touch it, but that's, that's neither here nor (laughs) there. But that's the point. I was like, I know that, but if nobody ever did, it would still hold that power within itself. Yes. Um, So I feel like there's the, the modern MacGuffin that Lucas is talking about is really a golden fleece. Yes. Oh, because he wants yes. it to be. He wants it to be so powerful that it's. It doesn't matter who finds it or whatever. It's still powerful. Yes. Kind of like uh, the egg in Ready Player One, the Easter egg. Like yeah, it it has it has power for anybody who gets to it. Yeah. Um. So, in The Hobbit, the Arkenstone is a MacGuffin. In Lord of the Rings, the ring is not a MacGuffin. I agree 100%. Because in The Hobbit, the Arkenstone, they're like, they're going after it. And, and um, Thorin, am I saying that yep. right? Yeah, Thorin yep. is, is um, I was like, suddenly I don't know my own fandom. <laughs> goes, is wants it so bad, goes after it and all of this stuff. But then in the end, it becomes about the battle of the five armies and all of that. And then, and then Thorin dies and then they bury the stone with him and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Except for, you know, the emotional significance that it had to him, but otherwise it's yeah meaningless. It didn't, it didn't have any, it didn't give him any power. It didn't 
bestow him with knowledge or anything. It yeah. was just an object uh, of value of, in his mind. And that launched them off on their adventure. Yeah. So in that, that is the, per I think, one of the best literary examples of an actual MacGuffin. Yes. And then, but a lot of people are like, the one ring is a MacGuffin and oh, I will die on the hill that says that it is not. Uh, me too. If anything, it leans closer to being its own character because yes. it has like sentient sentience. Sent yeah. Sentience. Yeah. I can't even say that word. I need more it is, coffee. It is sentient. sentient. It's trying. Thank it's you. trying to get back to its master. Yes. It has desires and needs. Yeah. And power. Yeah, that's the, I feel like the most frustrating thing in the research is when like people just start calling all these objects MacGuffins when I'm like, no, a MacGuffin is not powerful. There's so many confusing definitions out there, I think, or, you know, air quotes definitions mm -hmm. uh, that I think it makes people think that the golden fleece is a MacGuffin and it's not. Yeah. That's that's what I believe as well. And I'm so glad we brought up The Lord of the Rings because even though The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit are two different books, they're all the same author and literary world. And I really love that he gives both with uh, a MacGuffin and a Golden Fleece. Yes. And there's another seer book series. <laughs> <laughs> that does this a lot too, which could be very controversial in the yes. way of interpretations yes. of what we're talking about. Absolutely. Um, You're ready to go into it. <laughs> saving this for last because I'm sure it's it's one of those things you can pick apart. And that is, yeah, boy, Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the title. Oh, Harry Potter and the MacGuffin. Like, <laughs> which in some cases, in some of the books, I would agree that it's Harry Potter and the MacGuffin, but not all of them. So I think that that's kind of a, a blanket statement that doesn't, yeah. doesn't fit. I feel like we should go case by case basis. Yes. Do it. All right. So. so first one, obviously Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone is a MacGuffin. I feel like it is a MacGuffin. I agree with that, but I will put an addendum next yes to it. please do um because it's it's also another very interesting way to look at how a MacGuffin can be used because Harry himself our protagonist was not the one searching for it he was kind of pulled into the situation but it could be switched out for anything so I feel like it's a MacGuffin in the way that it does launch the story into, you know, into the plot, but its importance is really low, then spikes back up at the climax, but because it's ultimately never used for its intended purposes, it's a MacGuffin. I know that the Sorcerer's Stone does have its own power, yeah. but in that story arc it was unimportant it doesn't matter to harry like harry wasn't seeking it for its power and it's not like you touched it and it made you powerful correct it was something that you used to do something else completely because spoiler if you don't know 
<laughs> the sorcerer's stone is used to make a potion for long life. Yeah. So it's just kind of an ingredient, really. Yeah, I understand if people disagree, but I, I'm in the camp that it's a MacGuffin for that story. Right. Moving on even further into this labyrinth, I don't know if people try and argue that the Chamber of Secrets is. I haven't seen anything on that, but they also I don't know a blanket what they... statement of Harry Potter and the MacGuffin, so I'm, I'm I, not sure. That's what, the... what I was wondering. People think that every book is that same thing. The, the second book, The Chamber of Secrets, what do they think the MacGuffin is? And I was like, is it the Chamber of Secrets? Because I disagree, but is that what people are thinking? So yeah, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, it's very... Okay, so if so, if you had to pick one of the things that people think is a MacGuffin in Harry Potter and you disagree with, if you can pick any of the books in the series or overall, what would you say that people are saying is a MacGuffin and is not? Because there's seven books. I'm trying to right. think if there's anything oh, before anything the before. seventh book. Okay. So we've got Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, and then the Deathly Hallows. So I kind of feel like people are crazy. I think so too. <laughs> Most of those don't have any sort of MacGuffin or Golden Fleece story arc. It's not, it, the, it's the first one and then like the last one. Yeah. It's pretty much the only ones that deal with this subject. Yes, I agree. So um, people say that the Horcruxes are MacGuffins and it's because anytime it's something you're looking for it automatically becomes a MacGuffin but I disagree the Horcruxes are a piece of Voldemort's soul whether Harry finds them or anyone finds them they still have that power to bring Voldemort back so would you say that the Deathly Hollows are a MacGuffin This is one of those super nitpicky. I know. I know. Right. Things. That's I'm, I hate people are here for our opinion. Come on. Let yeah, us have true. it. Uh, my brain tells me the elder wand is a MacGuffin. The resurrection stone is not. Because it has a very specific purpose that anybody could use. But I think it's all about the purpose of the object. Okay. And then. I don't think of the invisibility cloak as one at all because it's not something we ever search for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. True. Good point. It's a very, it's very interpretive yep. art picking MacGuffin. Yes. So I think that brings us to what say you fair listener, tell us your thoughts on, on any of any of the things that we've discussed. Like, what are your thoughts? Do you think we've got it right? Are we crazy? Yeah. Let us know. I know that there are so many. I saw so many. I just didn't want to like just be listing them off. I think that was the tough part is like really narrowing down. I mean, because you know me, I can't just pick a few. I had a really hard time. I wanted to just keep listing examples. And and telling you which I agree with and which I disagree. Yeah. (laughs) Because I just, I usually take more rigid view on like if you're going to use a specific term Mm. then it should adhere to a stringent set of rules the whole the whole plot device thing there's so many kinds of plot device and just say plot device that's fair 
I think I tend to be a little bit more relaxed about that than you do. But at the same time, I would agree from the perspective of like clarity's sake, especially mm -hmm. if, if you're, if say, you know, cause since we're writers, if you're writing something, knowing what you're trying to do, I mean, obviously sometimes new writers, we don't know anything and we don't know what we're doing until we try it. But I think if you go about a story and you're like, I want to try a MacGuffin, then you need to challenge yourself to make sure that you do that thing well. Yeah. I mean, granted, we're going to make mistakes and screw things up and that's what editing is for. But I understand from the perspective of like clarity's sake and challenging yourself to become a better writer. If you, if you make yourself try to fit something into, I don't want to say a box because that sounds like so strict and you're not making good art, but there's a reason why plot structure works and why plot devices work. And there's a reason why they're used over and over and over again in literature, especially, or and movies, whatever, in storytelling and why people keep coming back for more of those same things is because they work for a very specific reason. Yeah, there's a couple of videos on YouTube or interviews with Alfred Hitchcock and he's talking mm -hmm. about what he believes they are and what to use them for. So I highly recommend those. Yeah. I'll find some links and we'll put it up on our our page in some way, shape some or form. Some capacity, yeah. We'll figure that out yeah. later because it really helped me understand it. And I think that's the gripe I have is because Hitchcock used it, used it well and then popularized it that I'm like, if, if you're going to change it so much from it's just an object, it has no inherent purpose and it can be lifted right out of the story, unimportant by the end. And Lucas comes along and says, it's the most important thing. You absolutely need it and everybody's going to want it and we can't live without it. Why would you use the same term? Yeah. Why would you try and completely change the definition of that term? Just come up with a new term. Yeah or find the actual accurate term. Yeah, I agree with that argument. George Lucas is always ruining everything. George Lucas may, listen, he's created some really fantastic things. Don't get me wrong. As like a diehard Star Wars fan. I mean, no, you're, I am, you're full on I'm Star full Wars. I'm full on Star Wars, but I will say there is a whole camp of us Star Wars fans that uh, just kind of shake our heads at, at George Lucas. I think it's funny how many different fandoms uh, were the diehard fans hate it just as much like nobody hates it as much as those people who also love it supernatural yeah supernatural <laughs> so star wars yeah. i kind of want to say doctor who but for the most part doctor who people just love it if they love it yeah i kind of feel like i loved it till i hated it yeah i feel i feel similarly I haven't been a Doctor Who fan as long as you, but I, I would agree with that assessment. I, Yeah, but you've disliked it as long as I <laughs> This is true. No hate. No hate. No. Sorry. Threatening to have people come I out know, of. right? Let's, let's just, let's not hate on any more things in this podcast. <laughs> At least not for this episode. Tune in next time. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have like a whole discussion about George Lucas because yeah. I was just thinking the other day about about the Star Wars of it all. And if there's somebody I'm going to have a Star Wars conversation with, you're it. And I feel like that will be really fun because yeah. it'll be more um, opposition. Yes. 
yes, you defending me. Me Yes. But then at the same time, I'm sure that there are going to be things that you say that I agree with. So Uh, I think, I think that's the beauty of fandom though, is you can love something while still finding fault with it. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know. I think that that's one of the coolest parts about being a fan of something is that it can mean so much to you and have done so much for you creatively, emotionally, whatever, but still be able to be honest enough about its flaws that you're willing to talk about it. Um, It's cool. Reminds me of a question I didn't ask at the time we were talking about the MacGuffins of star Wars and the death, death star plans in rogue one. Do you still feel like the Death Star plans are a MacGuffin? No. Because I think that it's, I don't, it doesn't decline in its importance as the story goes on as the most important thing throughout. I mean, yeah, they get sidetracked, but that whole movie is we still got, we got to keep going, but I got to keep going. We got to get these people's lives are depending on us from the perspective of it declining in importance. No. I don't think that it is a MacGuffin. Yeah. And do you feel like it declines in importance in the Mm -hmm. original Star Wars? I think for Luke, in some ways it does because it becomes more about his journey with the Force. So for Mm -hmm. the Rebel Alliance, no, it doesn't decline in importance. But for Luke, it's different. So as far as Luke is concerned, I still stand by it being a MacGuffin, but as far as for the greater good, it's not a MacGuffin. That's the emerging theme uh, and the interpretation that I didn't realize until we've had all these discussions is that whether something is a MacGuffin is also affected by who is the protagonist or who values that object. Yes, I completely agree. That's an interesting take. So that's a thing to think about. And something to mull over. I wasn't able to find as many literature MacGuffins, even though that's where it all originated. Um, but if somebody out there has some, let us know. Yeah. Let us know what you think. We'd love cool. to have more chats about this. Yeah. I I feel better informed by your, uh, your input. And oh, same. It was a great time. Yeah. Good time was had by all, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. I'll talk to you again later. Yeah. Take care. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Act Break podcast. You can follow or subscribe on your podcast consumption program of choice. It's probably Apple or Spotify. But if you really want to help us out, please tell your friends. And we'll be back next week. Talk to you then, internet friends.